We got a name for Wednesdays around these ports. ABC 10 Wednesday here on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops with you in the sports pen, joined by John Michael Hoefling, the pride of ABC 10. Even if he won't admit it, we know the truth. What's up, man? What about the guy who comes here on Mondays? That would be the other pride of ABC 10. Oh, the other pride. On Mondays, he's the pride. W- w- okay, okay. Wednesdays, okay. you're the pride. <laughs> all right, all right. So what do you call Mondays then? Are they ABC 10 Mondays too? They're starting to be. Oh, they're starting. Okay. About this, week, this Monday, it was post-Super Bowl Monday. That's its own holiday. Okay, gotcha. At least it should be a holiday. There was a whole commercial about that, Super Monday, right? There should be, but I don't think that's the same Super Monday. We're going to have Super Tuesday here in a couple of weeks. What's Super Tuesday? Well, that's political. Oh, yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah, so we'll have a bunch of delegates or whatever up for grabs. Hopefully they count it right this time. Speaking of holidays, though, I'm in a uh, not a bad mood. I'm just kind of not put off either. I don't know what uh, – jealous might be the right word. Because jealous. Right before you came in here, Tom Mogish, our owner, our general manager, is doing his usual things before he goes on a trip. And I'm thinking, okay, Tom's going out somewhere. Tom's leaving somewhere. You know, he has his routine that he does to get the office in shape before he goes out of town for a few days. And I'm thinking – Okay, you're going to go see some family in Minnesota. You're going to, I don't know, go downstate for something. The one break in his routine is he told us where he's going. Like, I didn't have to find out later. He tells us, all right, I'm off to Florida. And I'm like, I don't hate you, but I'm really, really wishing I was you right now. Going to Florida? He's going to Florida. After the Super Bowl? Yeah. It's got to be a little bit of a hangover over there right now, though. I wonder what it's like out there right now. It can't be the same vibrant atmosphere it no, was no, no. earlier it's this week. It's got to be like a little down right now. I guess that now would be the perfect time to go. It's like the best time to buy Halloween candy is sure. the week after Halloween. You yeah. Know? So I feel like it'd be maybe the same sort of thing where it's like you know, everything's sort of settled down. It won't be as hectic, but it's still, you know, a good atmosphere. And then he laughs and rubs it in a little more. It's only like 70 degrees warmer down there. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't hate you because you signed my checks. That's not the only reason, but I'm like, man, I wish i was going to florida to, can i come and you know that was an abrupt no but uh <laughs> i tell you what we've got business to take care of here on espn up because there's a lot that's been happening not just even in the last 24 hours mike like the last 12 hours i mean yeah. the news cycle's been crazy here lately basketball to baseball trades national signing day today mark d'antonio is out at michigan state let's start with signing day though because it's been a busy day especially here around the up we've got kids putting the pen to the paper you've got uh, some coverage coming up on abc 10 yep yep we have uh We've gone to Ishpeming, we're going to go to Marquette and Gwyn, and we were going to try to make it to the presser at NMU, however, just the timing of it, the whole thing just won't work out or whatnot, but I'm excited to see what Kyle Nystrom seems to think of these players. Obviously, he's got to be ecstatic about who he's getting. I mean, you take a look, Ishpeming, Otto Swanson, and Jacob Kugler, Mm -hmm. two of the premier offensive weapons for that team. Otto Swanson, of course, going to be playing fullback and tight end, and then Something I thought was interesting was Kugler, normally a tight end, but uh, then also played on the defensive line. He's going to be sticking a nose tackle. He played mm. end in Ishpeming, if I remember correctly. Mm. So he's going to be actually changing positions entirely. Mm. Uh, but he, two very, very, very solid players in the UP, obviously. And then, of course, we got some Michigan Tech people with uh, Andrew Weibel and then Caleb Anderson as well. So Michigan Tech getting a lot of good athletes as well. So it's going to be interesting to see. I'm really looking forward to next football season. Really fun to see all the kids putting the pen to the paper throughout the area and really throughout the country as we see what college football teams are going to look like going forward. Although one day before National Signing Day, Mark D'Antonio abruptly steps down as the head football coach at Michigan State after 13 years. That included 12 bowl appearances, three Big Ten championships, and a college football playoff appearance. It comes one day after... 
He is accused of recruiting violations. He says this has nothing to do with that. I'm not buying that, are you? I'm not either. No. I mean, the full intention was, which I said on the air yesterday, I said, now this is coming at a time when recruiting violations have come out about D'Antonio, but I don't want to give any false accusations. I don't mm-hmm. want to say anything until I have the full story. But in my head, I was like, there's no way. I mean, I'm not saying that the accusations have any validation. Maybe he just doesn't want to get involved in this at age 63. Maybe he is innocent and these are all fake or whatever. He just decides, you know what? We haven't been good, or at least we haven't been at the standard we should be the last few years. Maybe it's just time to hang it up and not deal with this, you know, whatever you want to call it, Yeah. Uh, a bit later on. So I'm not saying that he's stepping down because there's validity to these accusations, but he doesn't want to go through the rigorous process of an investigation. Yeah, that could entirely be it. I'm not sure yet. Obviously, the full story hasn't come out when it comes to those recruiting violations. All I know is that after the Spartans lost to Michigan, the University of Michigan, last year, D'Antonio gave a quote saying he fully intended to be the Spartans' head coach at the start of the 2020 season against mm-hmm. Northwestern. And now he's not. So something no. must have happened, whether it's personal or whether it has to do with these recruiting violations. Something has happened to change that idea that he had just a couple months ago. I don't think he wants to go through an investigation. I think it's as simple as that. Why else would you do this one day before signing day? I don't know, man. And 19 days be after getting a bonus. It's got to be disappointing for the players who are signing with Michigan State, too. The coach that went there... Got out there, recruited you. Uh, he's gone now. What a power move, though. 19 days after a bonus, just say, nope, I'm out. Collect the money and retire. It's cool. It, it, I, it, it'd be great to have that kind of power, Wouldn't it be right? great? Yeah. I could just, you know, get my paycheck, head out. You know, I wouldn't be able to retire on that. But, uh, you know, maybe a few years down the Do road. Maybe best. I can get a few more. But maybe I can get a D'Antonio bonus. Maybe. Maybe if I get be, one of those. That'd be, that'd be really difficult. Yeah, then I'll if just... you get the perfect March Madness bracket, there we go. <laughs> You're set for life. I get the Super Bowl score. That's right. And I got the I MVP. was close. I was close. Patrick Mahomes didn't. Okay, well, that's going to be uh, a whole different We had this discussion segment. on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your argument was he's a QB. <laughs> that's basically why he got the award. Now, I'm not saying that he deserved the award. If the award was named most outstanding player, then yeah, Damian Williams or somebody else should have won it. But since it was most valuable, there's a for case to say that he should have won it. For three and a half quarters, Patrick Mahomes was an average quarterback against that defense. Maybe even below average. Yeah. There were times where he was just straight up missing throws. Yeah, but you knew that if the Chiefs are going to come back, it hinged on Pat Mahomes. That's why he wins most valuable. You never thought the Chiefs are going to win because Damien Williams is running the ball so well. He was running the ball so he well. Was. He scored both of those touchdowns. But they to weren't going to win with that. They were only going to win when Pat Mahomes started playing well. Mm. That's why I'm okay with him getting that Super Bowl MVP. I know in the term of most valuable, if it was most outstanding, it'd be Damian Williams. It wouldn't be Pat Mahomes. If the Niners got it, who would you have given it to if the Niners had won? Probably Fred Warner. Really? He had a couple of key tackles and a good interception. Not Bosa? Uh, no. Bosa, Bosa like got pressure, but I don't remember any sacks that he had or anything. Ah, but he was making Mahomes uncomfortable. I think he had 12 pressures. That, that's not even a good effort. That is like a, almost a super There wasn't anybody effort. on the offensive end that really – maybe Debo Samuel, Use honestly. Check. Use check, yeah. Use check true. yourself it before you wreck mind. yourself. You yeah. got to use check yourself before you wreck yourself. Mike that's check my motto. One two. Mike use check, check one, two. 
<laughs> I tell you what, we uh, veered off track, what have you. But uh, yeah, if you get that kind of bracket, then yes, you can get the perfect bracket, win the Super Bowl uh, sweepstakes, Super Bowl squares. Yes, you could get a D'Antonio salary. Yeah. So now Michigan State's got to start looking at who's going to be the heir apparent. Right now, it's Mike Tressel, who's there as the interim head coach. I don't think anybody believes he's actually going to stick and be the head coach going forward. Statement by Michigan State basically said, yeah, he'll take over head coaching duties, but we're going to find somebody yeah. else. Yeah, we're looking elsewhere. The reports keep saying Luke Fickle, which I like. I think Luke Fickle would be a great guy to come in there. Well, well you're kind of shaking your head. like Not I mean, like you're disagreeing, but like you're skeptical. Uh, no, I'm not shaking my head like I'm skeptical. I'm shaking it sort of like, yeah, yeah, I can see where you're going okay. with that. I mean, he's a Big Ten guy. I know he struggled at Ohio State, what have you, but he comes from the Big Ten. He recruits the same type of kids. He's done really well at Cincinnati with his second shot as being a head coach. I think Michigan State would like to go more the offensive route considering how I mean, let's face it, they were bad on offense the last couple of years. Otherwise, you want to go on the defensive side of the ball, Pat Narduzzi is another guy with Michigan State ties. Is Brian Lewerke gone? I think so. I can't imagine they'd want him back if if he still has eligibility. That's the whole whole thing, because I know that there was a lot of hype behind Lewerke coming Mm -hmm. into this season and whatnot, so maybe getting him an offensive coach, if he's still there, could propel him forward to where we thought he was going to be. So Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe... He sticks around, and maybe something can be made out of him, but you can only do that with an offensive coach or a quarterback guy. You know, because I think the backup quarterback was Rocky Lombardi, and he's an Iowa guy, by the way, so I like him. Um, but he showed promise and what have you, and the thing with Lewerke, he didn't get better under D'Antonio, and D'Antonio's done a good job developing quarterbacks before. He didn't do that with Lewerke. Maybe a fresh offensive voice is what they need, and that's why Luke Fickle makes a lot of sense to me. Okay. Yeah, I can totally see that happening, wanting to go an opposite route from where D'Antonio was. That's the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the whole shifting microcosm, if you want to call it that, is after something doesn't work out, you want to go the entirely opposite direction. And it can be an overcorrection sometimes, but sometimes it's exactly what you need. And with a player like Lewerke, who has so much potential, we know this because we knew what he was capable of coming into last season. That's what you got to want to do. If you had the chance to get Pat Narduzzi back, I know he's a defensive-minded coach, but if you could get him away from Pitt, have him come home to Sparty, would you take that? No. No, you're, you're not a Pat go, Narduzzi you're fan. You're trying to go the opposite route of where you were with D'Antonio. And yeah, Narduzzi might have some good ideas when it comes to expanding that defense, but what was the problem? Like we all say, it was the offense. Mm-hmm. You want to bring in somebody that's more offensive-minded. I don't disagree with you, but I want to pose another defensive-minded coach to you just okay. for fun. Robert Sala. Stop. I know. You're a Niners guy. You want to keep him. And somehow an NFL team did not hire him this year. He's too spicy for the Browns. He is a Michigan guy. He's a Dearborn Heights native. He coached at Sparty after he played at Northern. I think it would make a lot of sense. I would be knocking on that door absolutely if I'm Michigan State. Go for it, man. Yeah. Go for it. But I think that you take a look at what Salah had on the table, a bunch of NFL head coaching gigs. Mm-hmm. He had to have been at least considered for some, right? Absolutely. So would he be willing to step back down to college? No, because he knows he's going to get a shot next year in the yeah, NFL. that's what I'm Unless saying. Unless they make him an absolute offer he can't refuse, and he has Michigan State to. ties. They just gave D'Antonio that bonus. That's true. That's true. But... You know, maybe the Red Sox can teach him a thing or two about <laughs> cutting a little spending, what have you. Uh, so Mark D'Antonio is out as Spartans head football coach. You ever watch that video of him doing the next question presser? No. That's my favorite, like, of all time. We can't play it here since it's from the Big Ten Network, but I encourage you to look it up, maybe even during the break. It, it's great stuff, though, and I miss that we're not going to get anything like that from D'Antonio again. Great I already missed that. What? 
Uh, great interview, right? Great interview. Yeah. He is those, a those wonderful interview. Those are the things that set you apart from everyone. Greg Popovich, mm-hmm. nobody cares about his titles. No. It's his post-game interviews. As long as you're doing the interviews the right way, like he did. He had another one last night. Yeah. Worst shots in the history of basketball. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of basketball, there was a confusing 12-player, 14 trade last night. We're going to get into that. There was a major baseball trade. One other thing I did want to bring up, I didn't tease when we started the show, who is the best coach currently in the NFL without a Super Bowl. It used to be Andy Reid. Now he's got that off his back. Who is the greatest coach, though, that's still in the league that doesn't have one? That's what I want to bring up to you next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad that you're along. Who is the current NFL head coach that's got the most prestige but no Super Bowl ring. We'll answer that in a moment. First, though, during the break, John Michael Hoefling did watch the Mark D'Antonio next question video. What'd you think? Terrifying. Wasn't it? I that's wouldn't ask anything if I was there. reporter's worst nightmare. When, <laughs> well, that's happened to me once where somebody was like, great question. And then, but it was like sarcastic. Like, a, that wasn't a great question. Was that Hockeyville? No. Oh. Wait. I remember you and Craig Berube. Yes. Hockeyville. Yes. Actually, yeah, yeah. 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 That, that's, that's what it was. Yeah. And, uh, God, you just feel terrible after. <laughs> Tell you what. Every single person in that room like, probably went in the next day and was like, I'm thinking about quitting. <laughs> I think my favorite one was toward the end where the reporters like, you know, big players make big plays. Can you talk about how big like Le'Veon and those guys, uh, what they did down the stretch? They're big. Next question. And I'm like, that one's my favorite. <laughs> I'm just loving all these questions because they're great ones. So we're never going to get that again from D'Antonio. Um, yeah. That makes me sad. Unfortunately. But unfortunately. Tell you what, though, I talked with Tyree on Monday. Who is the greatest coach in NFL history without a Super Bowl? It used to be Andy Reid, arguably. Now he's got that off his back. And I brought a few names up to Tyree, some names like George Allen and Bud Grant, Marty Schottenheimer, guys like that. I even brought up a few guys that recently were in the NFL. I'm just going to pose these to you because I think Tyree answered it the right way. John Fox from his time in Carolina. I know he kind of went out with a whimper. And then Marvin Lewis, who was another guy that's had a consistent 15-year career, 131 wins. But I think Tyree answered it the right way in saying, he's a great regular season coach, but win in the postseason before you're considered for anything in the postseason. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, I'd say. I tell you what, though, I want to pose to you some current NFL head coaches. Who is the best current NFL head coach without a Super Bowl ring? And the first two, there's a few, but the first two that shoot up to me, are Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay looking at each other in the face with this question? Are they the first couple that come to mind for you? Yep, the first person that came to mind was Sean McVay, and the second person that came to mind was Kyle Shanahan. I even thought John Gruden for a second, but then mm. I remember that he was on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep. He was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach back mm. in the day. But, it, to be fair, Dungy built that roster. Yeah, but either way, um, the first two people, I think, are Shanahan and McVay. McVay, this season has sort of let himself go from that role. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to take this season and be like, well, maybe he's not the winner, then take a look at Kyle Shanahan's yep. last two seasons with the San Francisco 49ers. So I still think McVay takes that one, takes the the honor of being the best coach without a Super Bowl, really? just in terms of his consistency. I mean, he's made the playoffs more times than Kyle Shanahan's made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's made it to as many Super Bowls. He's got more wins. He's got more Pro Bowlers. He's built an offense that is just star-studded. Yeah, he has more star players on the defense, which I think helps a lot too. But in general, he created something out of Jared Goff. 
And I think Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Jared Goff. So I think that it takes more from Sean McVay to create something out of that offense than it would for the Niners with their offense, despite the incredible talented wide receiver that the Rams have. See, it's largely for that same reason that I picked Kyle Shanahan, because he gets it done without a star-studded roster, and he's got it done in multiple places. In Atlanta, he was essentially the co-head coach with Dan Quinn as being the offensive guy, and it was a completely different team than what he has now in San Francisco. It doesn't matter who the pieces are, he wins with them, and I know his clock management toward the end is going to be the biggest knock against him, but to me, he is the most dynamic coach right now without a Super Bowl ring. I know this is absolutely caked in recency bias between McVay and Shanahan, but to me, those are the first two that come to mind when I think of coaches that don't have a Super Bowl yet, and they're still very young in their coaching career, still very young as people, as human beings. I, I don't believe the window's closed for them anytime soon by any stretch. I don't think so either, but the difference between McVay and Shanahan for me is, all right, take away Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm. Niners go 4-12. and 12. Take away Jared Goff. What do the Rams go, you think? Uh, who's their backup? Is it, oh, it's Blake Bortles. Isn't oh, yeah, it? that's right. It's Blake yeah. Bortles. Um, I don't know. I don't know, and it, it's hard for me to say. I don't know, though, if the Niners do go 4-12 and without Jimmy G. I mean, they did last year. I know, but C.J. Beathard with another year? Why not? That was Nick Mullins. I know, but C.J. Beathard is still on that roster. Yeah, but Nick Mullins is the backup right now. I think I like C.J. Beathard better than Nick Mullins. Though. Oh, no way, no way, man. Maybe it's just because he's from Iowa. Maybe. That's probably it. <laughs> but uh, it's without Jimmy Garoppolo, that team is nothing. And Really? Yeah. Are you sure? Just take a look. Just take a look. Without at the last Jimmy Garoppolo, they're probably Super Bowl champions. Maybe, but to say that Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't a key, fa- I, I obviously I've stressed my concerns with Jimmy Garoppolo on the show before. Everybody knows what I think about him. I think he's good, but I don't think he's a championship level quarterback. He's not somebody that's going to win you the Super Bowl on his own. Mm-hmm. But to look at the team just last year, went down after two games. After two games, they were one and one. They end up 4-12. and 12. Mm-hmm. How can you take a look at that between this year where they go 13-3, and three, make it to the Super Bowl, and lose to Patrick Mahomes? Well, their defense is better this year. Yeah, their defense is better. You think defense can bring you to 13-3 and three alone? Uh, it can help. and 12 It can help. It can help, but I, I don't know. If that was the case, then... They added they, Samuel. They built up a running game. If that was the case, then the Chicago Bears would, should have been a lot better this they year. They added Sanders... Eventually. Eventually. No, the Bears were struggling because they were so focused on their kicking game. Like, they were hell-bent on just getting their kicking game to a place where they could feel comfortable about it, that the rest of the world didn't matter. That's, I to guess that's Nagy. true. Yeah, I guess that's true. How about a few other coaches though, I want to pose to you? Some guys that are still in the league. You tell me where they rank as far as guys without Super Bowls. And the first one being Bill O'Brien. No. Bill what do you mean O'Brien no? I'm asking you, where do you put him on the ladder? Drags his team down, man. I you put think him so? way down the ladder. Really? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Deshaun Watson is like probably the second or third most talented quarterback in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And you can't even hold a 24 to nothing <laughs> lead? That's just bad coaching, man. All right. I, I can see that. Mike Vrabel. I think Vrabel's very, very good. Mm-hmm. He, you know, and for me, he's on the up arrow right yeah. now. He's on the up right now, but you got like Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay have both made it to Super Bowls, mm-hmm. so I got to put them ahead. How about this is an interesting one, Matt Lafleur? No, not yet. I don't get it, man. The Packers were put at fifth for a bunch of for power rankings, right? Okay, post Super Bowl power rankings, mm-hmm. Packers are the fifth best team. 
I don't buy that. But. I don't buy it either. Mm-hmm. I don't buy it either. The, I've said this before, and I, I'm sorry. I know, I know there's a lot of Packers fans listening, but the Packers were the softest 13-3 and team I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Saints should have the two seed. They probably should have. They should have, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you give me a game on a neutral field, Saints or Packers this year, I'd be picking the Saints. You put, you put it on Lambeau, I'm still picking the Saints. <laughs> um, I would put the Patriots ahead of the Packers. I would put probably the Titans ahead of the Packers because they were really hot with Ryan Tannehill. I, I would probably agree with the Titans, maybe. The Patriots, I would. The Saints, I would. That being said, I still I'd think LeFleur is a good coach. I'd put the Seahawks ahead of the Packers. Really? Okay, all right, fine, well, fair I, enough. I mean, I guess the Packers beat the Seahawks, so. Fair enough. Okay, but it's just, I need to see more from Matt LeFleur. I need to see him build a team that's actually daunting, one that you take a look at and you're like, man, they are legitimate contenders because mm-hmm. even as the two seed this year i was i was more worried about minnesota if i'm being honest as a san francisco fan than i was about green bay and it was just because i thought minnesota matched up better but i never thought either team was really a contender for the super bowl in general speaking of minnesota where would you put mike zimmer on that ladder right in the middle would you i think he's fine but mm-hmm. he's had a lot of talent I, I i think that dallas minnesota cleveland and atlanta are four of the most talented rosters in the league, mm. but they consistently underperform. Do I think that Mike Zimmer is bringing them down? No, but I don't think that he's bringing them up to a place where a roster of that caliber should be. Would you put Dan Quinn above or below Mike Zimmer? Below. Below? I mean, he's made the playoffs a couple times, but mm-hmm. in general, he is, he's so inconsistent. Like, Mike Zimmer, you know he'll go 9-7, and 10-6, and 11-5. and five. Mm. Dan Quinn could go anywhere from twelve and four to five and eleven. <laughs> yes, he could. So uh, it's too inconsistent. Here's an interesting one for you. Ron Rivera is one of the you know what we consider one of the better coaches. We knew he was going to have a job again next year. He's been to a Super Bowl. He's got a career winning record. Yet he's only got three winning seasons as an NFL head coach. Where would you put him? I put him on the up. Would you? Yeah, I mean, he's probably got the least talented roster of anybody we've seen, despite the best running back. But what, what have I said on the show? Mm-hmm. Running back's not that important. No. So I think Ron Rivera does a lot of great stuff, and I think he's very adaptable to multiple systems. I mean, Derek Anderson and Kyle Allen and Cam yeah. Newton are three very different styles of quarterbacks, but still he was able to run an offense. And for a while there with Kyle Allen, he was actually pretty daunting. Did he ever coach Jimmy Clausen? They had him, too. He was pretty bad. I don't know, man. He was bad. But the fact that most of the time, despite having guys like that, I've said this before, too, but I don't think Cam Newton's that good anymore, either. Mm -hmm. So despite having guys like that calling the shots, calling the plays, um, he still found some some success. I know only three winning seasons, but making it to a Super Bowl, arguably the best team we've seen in the last ten years in terms of regular season. The Carolina Panthers going 15-1, and so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that he's just fine. How about a guy like Anthony Lynn? Would you put him? Let's see. Let's see Zimmer for the bar because he seems to be like the middle of the pack. Would you put him above or below Zimmer? I'd put him right next to Zimmer. I don't really? know if it's above or below. Okay, so I, Zimmer and Lynn are our bar. Yeah, I think that he's got as talented a roster as Minnesota does, mm-hmm. except they get hurt more often, and they're working with older guys. So mm-hmm. I think Phillip Rivers dragged him down a little bit, and I think the loss of Derwin James dragged him down a little bit. So I'd probably put Anthony Lynn just above Mike Zimmer. Okay. But the fact is that he went 5-11 and 11 this year, right? Mm-hmm. That's not very good. No. And I don't think that, like, let's say, let's say Kirk Cousins performed, like, 
performed like uh, Philip Rivers this year, mm-hmm. and let's say Harrison Smith got hurt and yeah. missed the entire season, I don't think the Vikings would have gone five, five and eleven. Yeah, I think they would have gone seven and nine at worst, eight yeah. and eight. So I think that Mike Zimmer is able to withhold a team from going down so far, mm-hmm. but he he has a very high floor and a very low ceiling. I think Anthony Lynn has a very low floor and a very high ceiling. Here's a really interesting one for you. How about Bruce Arians? How about that one? You know I like Bruce Arians. He's, he's a great coach. Super Bowl too, hasn't he? he has. He's been to a Super Bowl, lost it to the Steelers. Yeah. I w- you know what? I- I'm going to put Bruce Arians right next to Kyle Shanahan and Sean Yeah, McVay. He, they're, they're, the, they're the penthouse. They are the penthouse, and I'll put Bruce Arians right up there with him. <laughs> I mean, right. it's true, man. Look at what he did. Mm-hmm. Look at what he did. He made Chris Godwin something special. Yep. He actually built a semi-capable run game, mm-hmm. a defense that was actually formidable. Mm-hmm. You get rid of Jameis Winston, all of a sudden, you don't know what's going to happen. You need, Cam Newton in that offense, I think, would be all right. Yeah, really? Cam, you put okay. Cam Newton there, the decision-making is better than Jameis Winston's. Mm-hmm. It's a quarterback that could still run around, so he'd still fit in there, and he's still got the arm strength. I, I think he has a little bit less accuracy, but he's still got the arm strength to hit guys like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans on those mid to deep route. So I think he'd work a lot better. You get Cam Newton in that offense, it'll be all right. This is another really interesting one I have for you. How about Frank Reich in Indianapolis? No. No. I think if he still had Andrew I, I think that this season really showed what Frank Reich is capable of and it showed how generational a talent Andrew Luck was. Mm-hmm. Right? I would think I would agree with the back end of that. Maybe not that it showed what Frank Reich is capable of. Well I mean Jacoby Brissett's not bad. No. No, but I mean Frank Reich and his ability to adjust. And the Colts were at least competitive. I know they finished with a losing record, but they were competitive throughout most of the year. And the hand that he was dealt... Yeah, but how much of that was the talent? I mean, you have one of the best offensive lines in the league. You have a great linebacking core. I know your your rushers aren't that great, but your secondary is on the up. You have a great uh, offensive weapon toolkit with Marlon Mack, Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, T.Y. Hilton, uh, Pascal, I believe. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a pretty good core of weapons, but you still couldn't do anything offensively. See, what I value in a coach is their ability to adapt and to change. It's why I've always held Andy Reid in such high regard, and that's why I think Doug Peterson is one of the best coaches in the NFL that people don't give enough credit to. Maybe he has a Super Bowl. I know, I know, but he still doesn't (laughs) get enough credit. And for coaches to adapt and to be willing to change their game plan, to make it malleable, to me that says a lot about them. And Frank Reich was able to do that on a month's notice because the offense looks different when Andrew Luck runs it compared to Jacoby Brissett. That's why I hold Frank Reich in so much in so in such high regard. Yeah, it looks like a capable offense. I, maybe. It looks like an NFL offense <laughs> with Andrew Luck there. <laughs> Last one here before we go to break. Sean McDermott from Buffalo. I was thinking him. Yeah. I was legitimately thinking him. I think he's got the worst roster. He's got the worst situation. <laughs> he's still able to do some good things. He runs into the Patriots so consistently that that hurts his chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would put him up there. I'd put him right below the three uh, penthouse guys probably. Okay. I think if you put him in a situation with a very good roster, if you put him on Minnesota or the Chargers, mm-hmm. watch out. Yeah? Yeah. That's I like that I, list. I agree with that. I can live with that list. Let's take our next time out. We've got some blockbuster trades happening. All that and more next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to Anna Hoops. John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad that you're along. Here's your Sports Center update. 
Pete Rose has issued a 20-page petition to Major League Baseball applying for reinstatement, citing the fact that no Houston Astros players were cited or punished for their roles in the 2017 sign-stealing scandal. I think you should get in. Yeah. Yep. Even before the sign-stealing scandal, mm-hmm. I think you should have gotten in. So No punishment for Houston. Why not? I mean, he bet on his own team back in 1989. Get over it. Let him in. The guy, uh, what's his name? Uh, Pete LaFleur from Dodgeball bet on his own team. <laughs> he did. And he got his gym back yeah. because of it. Yeah, so guess what, folks? Great work using a Vince Vaughn fictional character from a movie over a decade old to solidify your argument. Thank That's you, true you. sports radio. <laughs> Uh, This morning at the Kansas City Chiefs Championship Parade, a car drove through the barriers on the parade route and a high-speed chase ensued. The driver was arrested, and thankfully no injuries were reported. How about that? Uh, I'm thankful to hear that. And finally, hair gel was invented in Egypt as early as 1500 B.C. A British team of researchers studied hair samples collected from 18 mummies and determined that the ancient Egyptians invented hair gel to ensure that their hairstyles would not change following mummification. Okay. <laughs> uh, was it hair gel as much as it was just like goose fat or something? No, no. It was it was made from fat, but it's technically the first hair gel. At least it was fat-based. Okay, so that that's more what I was thinking. So it's it considered like, hair gel. It wasn't like modern-day hair gel, obviously, no. but it was still something they used to keep their style up. It's what they did. I mean, they used a fat-based type of gel to cement their hair. To me, that's hair and gel. Cr- and it's funny because the exact reason you gave is the exact reason a lot of people would like mean this about. It's like... <laughs> Uh, you got to make sure you look good after mummification. It's like 20,000 years from now. People, oh, he, he'll be styling. You know, and you're tied up and like all the, you know, you're, you're mummified. You're not like, people can't see you. You're in like, not toilet paper. You're not covered in well, toilet paper, but I mean, the, you know I, what I mean. I've thought the same thing with like funerals in here. It's like, you're going to be underground, six feet in a box. Why are you in a suit and tie? I feel like I want to get buried in my Garner Minshew jersey. Oh, that'd be a good one. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Then again, someone would probably want that. We need to get Garner Minshew on the show. Dude, if you could do that. I'm going to make that li- happen. I would, I would just listen in, man. That's going to be a I, great I would, interview. I would just sit here. I'm going to work on that. It's been a while since we've had one of those big-name guests on here. We had Golick on here like a month ago or something. Let's get, I remember let's, that one, yeah. We're going to work on getting Garner Minshew on here. <laughs> we're going to make it happen. Tell you what, though, we had some big trades happen the last couple of days. Baseball, and then we woke up to one in basketball. Last night, though, a blockbuster deal that I'm not totally sure how to feel about yet as far as how my team goes. The other two teams, I know uh, I know where they stand on it. But if you missed this, last night there was a three-team trade between the Dodgers, the Red Sox, and the Twins. As it works out, the Dodgers get Mookie Betts, the 2018 MVP, and maybe the second-best player in baseball behind Mike Trout. They also get David Price, who is Boston's number two starting pitcher. In exchange, the Minnesota Twins get from the Dodgers starting pitcher Kenna Maeda, and then the Boston Red Sox get Alex Verdugo from the Dodgers, an outfielder that probably will take the everyday spot in right, and Brizdar Gratterall, a prospect from the Twins who did pitch with them in September, who averages about 101 on his fastball. So I tell you what, Michael, with the Twins... I think they slightly got better in the short term. It's hard for me to tell. Ken is fine, I guess. I know they wanted postseason experience, a guy with that, and uh, he's got that. The Dodgers, though, can we just marvel at Andrew Friedman's mastery? He flipped Alex Verdugo and Ken for Mookie Betts and David Price. And cash. And cash. That's ridiculous. That is insane. I hate this so much. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I thought I was like, "Oh man, this got to be like a for 
for Mookie Betts mm-hmm. and David Price. Yep. Like he had to give up Manny Machado type stuff for mm-hmm. that, right? Right? Yep. Right? But you would think. No. No. Gave up Alex Verdugo, a guy who's come up and like done well, but not extraordinary. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kenta Maeda. Yep. A long reliever. A guy whose best years are probably behind him, but I'm. I think he can still help the Twins I, a little I bit, so I'm it. okay with As it. As a Giants fan, I hate this I know. <laughs> so much. Boston didn't even get hoodwinked. They wanted to get hoodwinked. Like, they were looking, someone come out and hoodwink us because we just want to free up some money. They don't even have a salary cap in baseball. They just want to avoid luxury tax penalties. It's so dumb. It is so dumb. And you know what? You could expect this maybe, maybe from one of the lowest tier markets in baseball. If you're a Boston Red Sox fan, as storied as that franchise is, and considering you won a World Series just a year ago, this is a slap in the face to Boston Red Sox fans. It really is. I mean, to be fair, dude, this is going to be bad for Boston fans in general. I mean, the Celtics are looking pretty good. The Bruins are looking pretty good. But the Patriots might lose Brady, and Mm -hmm. the Red Sox are pretty much just lying on the floor and giving up. So Red Sox are already tanking if they could for 2020. Yeah. I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. This is a really, really, really bad trade. You remember how when Taylor Hall got traded from the Oilers oh, yeah. to the Devils, it yep. became known as the trade? Mm-hmm. This is the trade for baseball. It's bad. Yep. I mean, I will say, I do think the the Dodgers excuse me, got sort of screwed in the Jock Peterson trade. They gave up Jock Peterson and Ross Stripling. Or some guy named Luis Regnifero or something like that. Yeah, so I do think that the Dodgers lost that one. But that's not Mookie Betts, no. man. That's not you're the number two pick in fantasy baseball drafts, dude. Mm-hmm. That's so bad. Jock Peterson, though, to the Angels. They're making the playoffs this year. Angels. Mike Trout and Jock Peterson in that outfield. And then you add a good pitcher there, too. I think their bullpen still needs a little bit of work. I think the rotation still needs work despite this trade. But, yeah, I uh, I don't know. Every single year we say they're going to make the playoffs. but they no, always we don't. The no, Angels? We do. No, we no. don't. Or at least me coming from Orange County. You maybe, yeah. I always hear people saying they're going to make the playoffs. But so. now you got Mike Trout, Jock Peterson, and Joe Madden. This is the year. This is the year. I don't think they're going to win the division still, but I do think they'll be a wild card. And Zach Cozart. <laughs> Thank God for Zach Cozart. <laughs> Andrelton Simmons, although he had a pretty good year last year. I think Zach Cozart's actually on the Giants now. I, I don't know. You would know. I think he You're is. A Giants fan. Come on, who knows about Zach Cozart? Who knows about Zach Cozart? You brought him up. I, because I was, I thought he was on the Angels, but I think that, I think I remember reading something like a couple weeks ago that said he was on the Giants. Upon then. further review, he might actually be a New York Giant. John Michael's checking that Giant? right now. Excuse me, a San Francisco Giant. Now you're rubbing off on me. <laughs> uh, while he does that, let me give you your stat of the day. The Red Sox, who are trying to free up, not cap space, there is no salary cap in baseball. They're freeing up money. Because why? By getting rid of a generational talent, maybe the number two player in baseball right now, even though their owner, John Henry, has a net worth of $2.7 billion, which is $1 billion more than the GDP of the country of Belize. <laughs> Yet they're hurting for money so bad, they absolutely give the Dodgers, Mookie Betts, and David Price. In a yeah, deal no one else can right. figure out. Sounds about right. And by the way, Zach Cozart was on the Giants mm. most recently before being released. Okay. Well, thank you. Uh, that I'm sure that makes our listeners' day uh, a little bit better, that they needed to hear that. Yeah, well, you know, just got to show you that I, I did correct myself. Thank you, Michael, that you're being a good journalist. You're being a responsible <laughs> journalist. How about this, though? Uh, NBA trade, we woke up to one because the trade deadline is tomorrow. There's going to be a lot more happening. But there's this confusing 12-player trade that happened 
you know, I woke up to it today. I don't know what time it happened because I went to bed pretty late last night. I think I fell asleep by one. I woke up to this earlier today. So these are the details of it. The Rockets got Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, and a second-round pick. The Hawks got Clint Capella and Nene, who I didn't know is still even in the league. Apparently he is. Still a pretty good defender. Is he? I, I wouldn't know. Yeah. By the way, they waived Chandler Parsons, too. Oh, no. Uh, the Timberwolves received Malik Beasley, Juancho Ernan Gomez, Jared Vanderbilt, Evan Turner, and a 2020 first-round pick. The Nuggets get Gerald Green, Noah Vonley, Shabazz Napier, Kaida Bates-Diop, and a future first-round pick from Houston. I didn't know like eight of those twelve are still even in the league. Uh, I know Robert Covington and Clint Capella. Yeah, Nene, Evan Turner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still around. But Noah Vonley's still doing stuff. Like Gerald Green is still around. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm surprised by a few of those names, I'll be honest I with really you. I really wanted D'Angelo Russell to get traded. <laughs> I wanted to see him go to Minnesota. I thought that might happen. I, yeah, I still think it might happen. Uh, it's still what? Isn't, isn't the word it just got stalled? I mean, mm-hmm. the trade deadline's not till tomorrow, so it can right. still happen, but it just got stalled because apparently the asking price was too low for the Warriors or something. As a Warriors fan, is there anybody in Minnesota you want, or would it just be draft picks? I just want draft picks. <laughs> uh, I mean, let me think. Is there anybody... I, I guess mean, you're I not mean, getting Carl Anthony. Yeah, Cat. I was going to say. I mean, I love Cat. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Wigan? No, because we don't really need guards. No, no. Uh, hmm. There's not a whole heck of a lot on there. No, there's not. No, really not. No, I don't even think they have Anthony Tolliver anymore. No. Yeah, so I think they will just give them <laughs> D'Angelo Russell, and I think maybe like a first round pick this year. First round pick next year, which I think I, 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 this this year's first round pick shouldn't be protected, mm-hmm. but next year's first round pick could be protected. Like if it's uh, top sixteen protected or if it's lottery protected, I say that that's fine. You tell me if I'm being a really reckless general manager here. First, I got to lay out my theory here for you. The Philadelphia Seventy Sixers are a team that had high expectations coming into this season. I will die on this hill. I did die on this. Oh, I didn't actually die on this hill. I was willing to i'm living i'm thriving on this hill i think i know where you're going with this i, I said, said the said 76ers did not get better this offseason and they haven't they really haven't they let go of jimmy butler he's an all-star now tobias harris i don't care that he's scoring 19 points a game on 47 percent shooting i don't care about that he is awful in transition defensively he's been terrible al horford with boston night and day different than al horford with philadelphia and I just don't believe that Embiid and Simmons can work together. I really don't. I don't believe they can win a championship doing that. I think they can work together. Can they win a championship? Absolutely mm, not. No. no. I think the Milwaukee Bucks are just too far and away the best team in the East right now without Kawhi Leonard there to challenge them. I think that it's just... I mean, I mean... I, hmm. Toronto's still up there in the standings, though. They're number two right now. Yeah. Hey, Nick yeah. Nurse, you know what he can do? You know what Nick Nurse can do? Win a championship? He can coach. Yeah. That guy can coach. Yeah, he can. Um, I mean, I, mm, I don't know. I think the only team that can challenge the Bucks right now is the Philadelphia 76ers because in order to win in basketball, you need star power. Not Boston? Not really. Not Miami? Maybe Brooklyn, a fully healthy Brooklyn. Mm, that would definitely, involve Kevin Durant. Yeah, definitely a fully healthy Brooklyn. But Miami, they don't have enough star power. They have Jimmy Butler and, uh, what's his name, Adebayo? Yep, Bam Adebayo. And he's one of those rare guys, though. He is a defensive specialist in the sense that he can guard anybody in the court. Want him to guard the point guard? He can do it. Want him to guard the five? He can do that. Sounds like Draymond and Kawhi. A little bit. A little bit. That's why he is such a special talent. 
And that's why the Heat are so dangerous this year. Plus, getting Jimmy Butler. But that being said, Philadelphia didn't get better this offseason, and nobody gets better under Brent Brown as a head coach. I mean, he's not coming back as Philadelphia's head coach next year. I don't know that he lasts this season, but they're 9-18 and at home this year. Worst home record of anybody in playoff position. So it might be time to make a trade, because this team is not contending for a title, and your window is now. They need shooting. They do need shooting. And I have a guy in mind. I think, okay, what if? Because uh, this is going to sound crazy, but bear with me a little bit. What if you go after Boyan Bogdanovich? Okay. Yeah. I don't think that's that crazy. Okay, good. I thought you were going to think it was crazy. But it's not just going to be enough uh, getting Bogdanovich. You might need somebody else for Ben Simmons. Oh. Now it's crazy. So you're saying get rid of Ben Simmons. Get rid of Ben Simmons because it's not going to work. Him and Embiid. Is not going to work together, and Embiid is not the guy that's going to be on the move. Well, you would have to find you would have to find a team that is in need of somebody like Ben Simmons, in need of somebody who can run a point guard but still has enough shooting mm-hmm. to uh, to make up for the fact that Ben Simmons can't shoot. Right. So who would that be? Somebody like the New Orleans Pelicans. It could be a fit. Somebody like the get JJ Redick. You could get JJ Redick, yeah. But I'm not trading just JJ Redick for Ben yeah. Simmons. Lonzo Ball and JJ Redick. Um. I don't know. I don't know if I'd like that. They're not getting rid of Brandon Ingram. They're not getting rid no, of Zion. No. What's a team that needs a point guard but doesn't need shooting? Mm, Lakers? How about the Jazz? I keep saying that's why Boyan Bogdanovich to me makes a lot of sense. I don't think the Jazz are in any sort of – they're a low-market team. But the thing is, he's not happy in Utah. Uh, I don't think Boyan's happy there. Maybe not, but the fact is that uh, I, I don't think that Utah's in the mood for any sort of trade right now. They're a team that's just kind of like, you know, let's just see if we can pull this one out. You know, yeah, But if they get Simmons, wouldn't they take that? If you offer Simmons for Boyanovich, wouldn't you do it? Would the Philadelphia 76ers ever do that? I you'd think have to they offer, should. You'd have, you, you think they should, but just looking in terms of pure stats, all-star appearances, just face value of those two players just value to their teams – I think the Ben Simmons is worth a lot more. He than is, Bojan. but it's so not have, working in Philadelphia. It's not going to work. You'd have to give up a lot more than just Bojan, and I don't think Utah would be willing to do that. Well, Philadelphia's either got to do it or keep not contending. <laughs> They're not going to. <laughs> I mean, they took Phil, they took Toronto to seven games last year. To it, last that. year, and they did not get better this offseason. They got worse. So. What do you mean, so? They're not the same team as last year. I think you still ride this one out. No, not if you want to win. Brett Brown doesn't want to ride this thing out because if he rides this thing out, it's going to drop him off at the unemployment line. Maybe, but if you're the Philadelphia 76ers GM, I don't think it's time to give up on Embiid and Simmons just yet. I think it's time. I don't know, man. If you can get a good trade for Simmons, so be it. But you need to really find somebody who can – because you're you're losing your point guard at that Mm -hmm. point. So you can get Bojan, but then who's going to run point for Philadelphia? I'm just saying, as a Boston fan, fine, go ahead. Keep trying to make this work. Keep trying to make Embiid and Simmons work. That's fine with me. We'll be out there contending for championships. Oh, yeah. We'll be out there knocking down down Milwaukee's door. No, I think Milwaukee and Brooklyn have this one secured up for the foreseeable future. Until until Giannis goes to the Golden State Warriors. Wow. Hey, apparently that's a rumor, man. Uh, Says who? Says everyone. Look on Twitter, man. It was a rumor that Kyrie and Durant were going to the Knicks. I mean, it's a rumor right now. It's It's a a rumor to who? It's a rumor. Cite your sources. 
Okay, wait, hold up. I don't know which source put it, but I've seen it several times. Look but. it, look it up during the commercial. We got to take another break. NBA Twitter beef. Some getting started, some getting resolved. Next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at four on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. If you missed any of today's show, it's available on demand with the Sports Pen podcast. Check it out at our free mobile app, which you can get from the Apple I Store, Google Play, or check out ESPN. NUP.com and look it up there. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad that you're along as always. NBA Twitter B, some of it getting started, some of it is being resolved. Let's start. Which one do you want to start with? The one that a happy story, a feel good story get resolved, or something that's, you know, kind of gossipy that we can have a little edge with? What do you think I'm into, Tanner? I think that you want to hear about the newest Twitter beef, the one that's getting hashed out right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I know that you've probably been following this one. Yesterday, the whole thing surrounding Andre Ingadala. Okay, he hasn't played yet for the Grizzlies. It was supposed to be a rebuilding year, but John Morant, who I know you're high on, has had a monster rookie season, and suddenly Memphis is like, okay, we might have something here. Although they thought Ingadala would be part of that. He has not played this year. Dylan Brooks, who I remember mostly from his time at Oregon, I was actually surprised. I didn't know prior to this story coming out that he played for the Memphis Grizzlies, says he cannot wait for the Grizzlies to trade Andre Ingadala and they can show the world what Memphis basketball is all about. And I'm like, Memphis basketball is all about maybe getting the sixth seed in the Western Conference. That is your peak. Memphis basketball has and always will be about Zach Randolph and Marcus Gasol <laughs> until you prove anything else. Until you win a playoff series, it'll be about that. The fighting Mike Conleys. Mm-hmm. The Memphis Mike Conleys. I tell you what, though. Uh, that beef, at least that started uh, getting some beef out on Twitter with Steph Curry posted a picture of Andre Ingadala hosting uh hoisting the NBA Finals trophy from his time with the Warriors Steph you know kind of not NBA taking a Finals shot maybe MVP trophy exactly the NBA Finals MVP trophy which Steph has never won oh and that gosh. was pointed out by John Morant on Twitter so Steph is kind of sticking up for his guy Ingadala you know showing him man don't don't show hate to my guy man look at what he's done and then John Morant uh, pointed out to Steph Curry that he's never won NBA Finals MVP, but Ingadala has, and he did so by posting a picture of Kevin Durant hoisting the NBA Finals MVP. Yeah, if I'm Steph and if I'm Steph and Iggy, I am going to bed <laughs> sound as a baby, knowing <laughs> I have three Finals, a Finals MVP, and two MVPs between the two of them, as well as making over forty million between the two of them. Who is Dylan Brooks? I don't know. Like, man. Who is Dylan I don't Brooks? Know, man. I don't know. It's it's like it's like a regular guy on Twitter trying to start beef with Tom Brady. What are you gonna do, man? What, what Tom Brady's just gonna look at you like, really? Come on, man. Sports talk, Barry. You mean? Yeah. A guy like that. Yeah, it's it's like them. It, it, I mean, a John Morant has a little bit more stuff to say, and I think he can say it if he wants to. But what are you gonna say? Like, oh, you're not that good. Third all time in three pointers made. Two, uh, three final, three finals wins, five finals appearances, two MVPs, including the only ever unanimous MVP. So, what are you going to say? If you want to attack Curry for something, do it for being a bandwagon guy. Do it for, do it for, uh, do it for his lack of finals MVPs. You can do that because that's his only, the only knock against him for his career. You can do it for some other stuff. I mean, his wife has said some weird stuff online. <laughs> yes. so I guess you could do it with that item, but still, just in general, I don't think there's much to really go after him on. You can go after Iggy, sure, but. 
keep to that narrative. Don't try to shift it to Steph. Uh, no, Steph is a bandwagon guy. He could be playing right now, but he's not because he knows his team's terrible. That's what I don't like about this. I mean, you're going to tell me that he has a season-ending hand injury. Gordon Hayward's already back. He's supposedly coming back in March. Oh, supposedly come back when it's already said and done. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't know about that. Hey, hey, hey. Just trade D'Lo, then trade for Giannis, (laughs) and get James Wiseman. All of a sudden, you got Clay, Steph, Draymond, Wiseman, and Giannis. Oh, boy. By the way, you did find that article. It is a true rumor. It's a serious rumor. Mm. It's a legitimate thing. In fact, a lot of people are saying that the the future assets that... Uh, they get for D'Angelo Russell are going to be used in trade talks for uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo next season. Mm. So, it's a real thing, folks. It, it is. And as bad as that would be for you guys, I would love it so much. And I know that that's uh, a little hypocritical of myself, seeing as how I don't want uh, Patrick Mahomes to win the next seven years of the Super Bowl, but still. Could you imagine how we as sports fans would view your fan base is the Warriors, your team. I mean, this would be 10 times worse than the KD signing. What? This would be beyond worse. Why would it be worse? Because this is Giannis, maybe arguably in his prime, against Kevin Dur- uh, instead of Kevin Durant, right after the whole Kevin Durant thing happened. I mean, the whole Kevin Durant thing, a big problem with that was that the Warriors just beat the Thunder. Mm-hmm. So that was a big problem, too. But the Warriors aren't beating the Bucks. No. That's not happening. No. But it's a legitimate thing, guys. It is. And if it happens, I know it, I know the sadness will start to kick in. I know that it's going to be upsetting. But Warriors fans will feast on the salty tears of NBA fans. But the narrative around Giannis would be if they don't win the title this year and he does leave that Giannis could never win in Milwaukee, so he's a bandwagon guy and has to go join the Warriors to get a token title. Do you uh, still feel that way about Kevin Durant? Um, A little bit. But not nearly as much. Not the as initial, much. The initial hatred for it will, will wash away, as mm-hmm. it did with Kevin Durant. The same thing's going to happen with Giannis. It hasn't completely washed away it hasn't Durant, complete, though. Going it, to Brooklyn helps. It hasn't completely washed away, but guess what? He got his titles. He got out. That's all Kevin Durant Token need- titles. That's all Kevin Durant needed to needed to hear, man. So he got those, and I think Giannis, if he wants to do the same, come on over for three years, win two or three titles, and then and then dip. It's all right. Where do you think that Iggy's going to be playing here by this weekend? Because some team is going to sign him. They're not going to give up anything for him because they know they can just sign him here by this weekend. Well, yeah, they don't want to pay that $17 million contract. That's the biggest problem mm-hmm. right now. Iguodala, well, they don't want to give up assets for it. Well, what's, it, that. what's a team that wants Iguodala and needs bench depth right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, the Warriors. Oh, yeah, how about yeah, that? They need, they, need a team, they need somebody on the bench. The fan base already loves him a lot, mm-hmm. so I think he'd just be a great fit. He's already got uh, connections and property out here, so or out there. But, yeah, he's already got all that stuff, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the Warriors again. All that leading to Twitter beef yesterday. How about some beef that got resolved, though, throughout the day? And it's kind of amazing how we're still feeling the after effects of what happened with Kobe Bryant and makes you cherish every day and the relationships you have with people, always trying to end things on positive notes. Because if you remember a month ago, Kendrick Perkins and Kevin Durant had their back and forth on Twitter and Kendrick Perkins basically said the same thing to Durant that we did. You know, you were winning token titles because you couldn't beat them, so you join them and you dominate the NBA by making a super team. Well, Kendrick Perkins tweets out to Kevin Durant something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing, I love you, bro, whatever I did to hurt you, I'm sorry, you know, you're my brother, you know, stuff like that. And I'm just like, well, I'm happy to see that. I mean, you know, 
I kind of like it when people apologize in private, you know, but I guess I'm happy to, you know, see that Kendrick Perkins is trying to amend things. I think a big part of it, too, was just like they were on the same team together. Mm -hmm. So I think that that Perkins might have felt betrayed, which is a totally normal response for a team that was so close to making it to a championship. I mean, they'd already made it to a championship once, but lost to, uh, I believe, the Miami Heat, mm. if I'm not mistaken. Mm. So they'd already made it. They knew they could again. They were almost. They almost took down one of the greatest teams of all time. Uh, I'm going to say that the Warriors are the second greatest team of all time behind the 72 and 10 Bulls. Okay. The, that year, Warriors. So uh, they almost did all that stuff, and then just to have your key cog, the one guy that you really thought was going to create something, was going to be the guy who went out and created something in Oklahoma City, went out and made that town, that state, a basketball city, put them on the map, abandons you. So mm-hmm. I think that the animosity is still there between Perkins and Durant, but uh, you got to move past it, man, mm-hmm. eventually. I mean, it's been how many years now? Um, at four? least, yeah. It's been I would four say years. probably four years. That's enough time for a son to graduate college. <laughs> I tell you what, whose title is more legitimate, Perkins when he won it with Boston or any of Durant's token titles in Golden State? Absolutely Durant. Really? Because Durant won the finals MVP. So? He was the best player on that team. and As the, he should have been. I could have told you that. And the fact that the Warriors didn't win it the next year without Durant. Mm-hmm. In fact, they only won two games that entire No, they won one game. That was a five-game series, right? You mean uh, this, this past year? Yeah. Yeah. The one game they won was when Durant was there. Oh, wait, maybe? Was it six? Because didn't they lose in Golden State? I th- I th- I th- maybe. I think it was six. Okay, let, let's... Okay. Let, either well, way. Either way. The one game that Durant was there, they won. Mm-hmm. So, there is so much pointing in Kevin Durant's favor. He won the finals MVP both years, even though I thought Steph should have won it the, the third title year, mm-hmm. the second time. But, that just goes to show that without Kevin Durant, the Warriors were not legitimate contenders as much as they thought they were. Yeah, they beat the Trailblazers without them, but like that's the Trailblazers, man. Come on. So I think that the the titles are legitimate. As much as you want to say he's a snake, and this might just be my Golden State Warriors fandom coming out, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't think, like j- just this year, they're not good mm-hmm. without Kevin Durant and without Steph and without Clay. but uh, Durant's a big part of it. They couldn't beat Kawhi. Steph and Clay couldn't beat Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Come on now. <laughs> Before we sign off, any trade around the NBA that you're most interested in that you'd like to see D'Angelo happen? Russell. Well, okay. How about beyond that? <laughs> Thank you, Michael. I'd really like to see um, – I mean, I don't know if Memphis is going to be in the in the books for it, but I'd really like to see Jonas Valanciunas hmm. going somewhere. Uh, if we're talking just big trades that could be possible, uh, I think Brandon Ingram going anywhere would be insane because I think Brandon Ingram – you put Brandon Ingram on Utah, that's a legitimate contender. You put Brandon Ingram on Denver, mm-hmm. that's a legitimate contender. I think Brandon Ingram is better than uh, – he's the most underrated player in the NBA right now, besides maybe Rudy Gobert or something. Mm. But he is a legitimate MVP candidate right now. Really? I think so. I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. I, but he's – well, because he's never seen the light of day. But when LeBron James got hurt last year, Brandon Ingram was a stud in the Lakers. When uh, – Every, whenever he gets that opportunity to be the guy, to be the main scoring talent, he busts open and does incredible things. So you put him on that team with Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, they need a go-to score. 
That is what Brandon Ingram can be. You put Brandon Ingram on the Denver Nuggets, who have nobody, nobody outside of Jokic. So you put somebody on the perimeter to give help to Jokic. That's insane. Denver and Utah cannot win a title because they do not have the star power right now. Brandon Ingram is that guy, and I think the New Orleans Pelicans could get a lot for them. They already have a lot, and I think Brandon Ingram makes them very good, but still, I don't think they're, the, the Pelicans are where they need to be if they want a chance to contend, even with Zion Williamson. So they could be in the market to move Brandon Ingram, make Zion the face of that team, and just get more assets for the future. So I think a Brandon Ingram trade is possible and could happen and would work out in a lot of teams' benefits. With that... We're out of time. Strong finish to the show, Mike. Thank, thank you, you for contributing, and thank you for being here. What do we need to know about ABC 10 going forward? Moving forward, we're going to – I haven't done a Monday Minute in forever. I did a Super Bowl one, uh, but that – got it done that, right before yeah, kickoff. <laughs> that, that, that didn't make air. I'm going to try to do one this weekend about Andre Drummond being an underrated player in the NBA. Oh, he could be on the move. Yeah, he could be on the move too uh, if a team needs a rebounder, I guess. Mm-hmm. But – Aside from that, I'm trying to set up a Thursday throwdown involving a roller derby team, which would be ah. way out of my league, so I don't know what I'm trying to do with that yet, but trying to set that up. And, of course, our second edition of Sports Trivia is going to be coming out, not this week, but next weekend. It's going to be a Valentine's Day edition involving several famous sports couples. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Zach and Julie Ertz, I'm sure, will be yes, part of yes, that. Yes, yes, Tom Brady and Giselle. Are they a sports couple, though? Yeah, enough of one. What does Giselle do? What's her sport? Tom Brady does sports. So it's just as long as he does enough for both of them. Well, it's going to be stuff like that. You know, it's going to be stuff like, uh, you know, which one of these players hasn't dated a Kardashian? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to miss that episode of of Sports Trivia on ABC 10. All props on that series goes to Tyree Smith. He's been incredible with that, and he's been really eager to get more stuff out there. So That's it for us here in ESPN-UP. For John Michael Hoefling, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.